Hey all welcome back to the Conversation with Family podcast. I'm your host, Eric Hogue, and today we'll be continuing our Talks with Shirley series from April 5th. For this episode, we'll be talking about racism, upper mobility, and what could have been. And uh, honestly, this was probably one of my favorite conversations I have with Grandma uh, on April 5th, uh, just because we kind of get into, you know, kind of how we've progressed society from the racism that she saw and experienced back in her time, as well as, you know, what really could have been if, you know, our family and others like our family in the BIPOC community didn't have to deal with certain racism and what could have been. So hope everybody enjoys. Um, we still have one more in the session, which uh, will most become the lighter subject like LeBron James. And uh, I'll be back after the episode with uh, some conclusion thoughts. I went into White Castle. Mm-hmm. You, they had a White Castle back then mm-hmm. on Pat Pan. But we could go in there and order a sandwich, but we couldn't sit down and eat it. And that was the same at Walgreens. We had Walgreens down there when I was on Pat Pan. And you can go in Walgreens and order stuff, but you couldn't sit down and eat it. And uh, so it was... Uh, so I'm glad y'all didn't experience that kind of segregation. You couldn't, you know, you it was just we couldn't ride the buses. We, we had we walked to school, you know. We they didn't provide no buses for us. Uh, I don't care how far the school was, we had to walk. We didn't have no bus transportation, and our parents didn't have cars at that time mm-hmm. to to drive us to school. So we had to, to walk. Uh, but uh, no, you're right though. I'm, I'm we're, me and Monica, and obviously Tamika and everybody else of the cousins are really blessed that we didn't have to deal with that level of racism. Like we have, we have our own issues today, but it's not nearly it, it pales. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's nearly, nearly as bad as no. Nah, and I'm I'm very thankful for that. And that's I mean I guess it's 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 why I'm optimistic sometimes, but it's also why I get frustrated though because I think about you know what. <clears throat> excuse me like what our family could have been if we didn't have to deal with that like if we had if we didn't have that stress of racism just always hovering over us like you know we could have gone on and do really good things and you yeah, know yeah, right, right. I mean potentially you never know but that's something that I'll, you know why I'm so adamant about you know ensuring that we all have equitable access to, to the things that we want to do because you know Ashley you know could be a great, I hope she is a great lawyer someday, but you know, if she, if she grew up in an environment where, you know, she had the safety of, like not just her, but like everybody else, like I'm saying everybody else in the family had the safety of not having to worry about like racism, you know, it's kind of like, you know, who knows what this family could have done um, under normal circumstances. Like, I know it sounds crazy, but you know, I think our family could have been, you know, CEOs of Fortune 500 companies. Like we could oh, have been right, politicians. Right, yeah. We could have had a lot of things you know, to benefit ourselves, our family, and society, had we not had to go through that, and so no, you we know, had an opportunity to get the education mm-hmm. and stuff that to help us to move up. It just that I was just, uh, and I'm like I, I told you, I'm just blessed that I did get a job with the government, mm-hmm. but I had always had low-paying jobs with low no. Hourly wages. Mm-hmm. I had that until 19, uh, 
I don't know what, about 41, 42. Mm-hmm. You know, I always did like maid work, hotel, working hotels, and stuff that were, where the hourly, we didn't make much, very much money. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's when my, I, 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 uh, somebody, uh, my grandfather, mm-hmm. the foot, then he wasn't my grand, at that time, my foot, he, he told me, he said, why are you working so, in these million jobs, why don't you take, I didn't know at that time, that you can take the government test and try to get a government job. Mm-hmm. So he told me, uh, <laughs> why don't you take the, the test? But at that time, that you you had to either be a veteran or married to a mm-hmm. veteran or had somebody in the military in order to apply to take the test. Mm-hmm. And so uh, I was able to apply, but not for the the military I applied as a as a a, a, a worker okay and uh, I, I and this is what happened I, I applied for a postal service because they was making more money <laughs> but I didn't I didn't pass the the postal you know they had a scheme where you had to throw the bill and I didn't pass that test but my brother did okay and so he went to work for the post office, and so they offered me a job with the government, uh, a, a, a cleaning, a janitor job with the government, because I did pass the, I passed the, 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 the civil service test. You had to pass the civil service test. So I did pass the civil service test, and so they offered me a job in uh, food service. Mm-hmm. I didn't want the job. I said, I don't want to know. You know, I was making low money. I didn't want to work the job food service. So I told them I didn't want to work that job. I didn't feel like I didn't want to work the job. Mm-hmm. So I went back to the office and t- to decline the job. It was a, and I, I don't know her name, but it was a black woman mm-hmm. that was working in the personnel office. She said, why are you turning the job down? And I told her why I was turning the job. I told her I thought the job, because they would say the janitor. Mm-hmm. I said, I thought the job was for, uh, definitely for a man. Mm-hmm. And they had told me some of the things you had to do was wash walls, mop floors, mm-hmm. and stuff like that. And she said, and she said, baby, she said, if I was you, she said, I wouldn't turn this job down. Mm-hmm. She said, and then she told me, she showed me, she said, who do you think cleaned this bathroom? Who you think emptied the ashtray or the trash can? Mm-hmm. And she took me through different stuff like that. She said, I wouldn't turn this job down. She said, I would accept this job. And she said, you won't be working temporarily that very long. She said, within six months, you're probably a permanent employee. Mm-hmm. So I went back to personnel mm-hmm. and told them I accept the job. And uh, and so they, they, they gave me a date to report back to work. And that was in November, November around the middle of November. Mm-hmm. And by the 1st of January of the next year, I was a full-time employee. That's how I got that. That's how I got the government job. Interesting. I mean, that kind of shows about, like, one, perseverance, and two, just kind of knowing how the system works. Like, I was listening to another podcast that kind of get onto, got into it as far as, like, why this country is the way it is, especially like 
if I'm being honest, for white Americans, it's like it's not like they're smarter than us necessarily. They just know how the system works because they built it. So like when we talk about like testing, it's like they created the test so they could benefit from it. Like it's not like a objective thing. Like they built like the education system to benefit them and literally spent most of this country's existence denying it to blacks. Like, like that's why you know it's fascinating because you tell me that story and I'm like, oh yeah, like it still kind of works like that today. It's mostly like who do you know and how do you know how to right, play the right. game as opposed to like, oh, this is the most qualified person for the job. Like that's like the biggest myth that they tell people is that like we only hire the most qualified people. It's like not really. Like I mean not saying they don't. Like they they hire qualified people. I'm not saying that. It's just like it's not like the most qualified and I don't even know what that means. Like that can mean a lot of different things. It's like someone that, you know, you could do the job and that you trust, you know? Right, right, right. So, and so that's why I say, and that's why I say, that's how I got into the government. Like, cause I, my, uh, uh, and, uh, and I benefit from it, mm-hmm. uh, with, our, our, our college education or anything like that. I benefit from it. Uh, that, that's what I say in, in the government I, I don't know what, how it works now but they did if you was a government worker you had a lot of benefits uh, by working with the government you didn't have mm-hmm. to have you know education you know mm-hmm. college education or a degree or something like that you just had to know and start off sometime with a low salary uh, and that's what I did. I started off being a, I didn't want to be a janitor, mm-hmm. but that's the only job they, they offered me at that time. Cause a janitor at that time, we mopped floors and empty mm-hmm. trash and stuff like that. And really I thought I was too, too good to <laughs> <laughs> work. And so I, I, I turned it down. And then that lady in personnel, she said, why are you turning this down? She said, you know, it's good money, and she just told me, you know, who cleaned, who did they clean the bathroom? And she showed me places that wasn't so hard working, that kept up nice. Mm-hmm. So you can do that. And I went back and accepted a job based on what she said, mm-hmm. not knowing that she did tell me, because it was a temporary job. And she said, you probably be hired in less than six months before your, because it was a temporary job for six months. And she told me before your six months is over with, mm-hmm. you probably hired permit. And I went that was in that was in November of that year. In January of the next year, I was hired as a permanent employee. And she was right. And I've been working for the government ever since then. No, it makes sense. I mean, that's I feel like that's kind of mirrors my career in a sense as far as working for the government. It's just kind of like knowing a person who knows how to show that you're valuable and that you deserve to be in the position and that you can do a good job. And like, you're right. There's, there's, I mean, I, I don't work for the government in quite the same sense that you did, but I still, it, it's, it's very similar. Like the benefits are really good. The work is really good. And I think it, it, it kind of mirrors just kind of my, um, like, you know, my value system. And so that's why I really like working for where I work. And so, um, you know, I, I think I feel bad. I think government jobs get a bad rep. Because like you know yeah yeah, say, yeah. They, yeah they take taxes and you're, you're the irony is I feel like most people who work for the government don't get rich like they don't usually work for the government because like they want to make money they do it because like it is maybe it's the only option but it's also because like they value certain types of work and like that's good and we should support them but because uh, I you know obviously my wife she works in the capacity for the government well, you know the problem is that sometimes even 
I think to have a good government job, you need to have good systems in place. You need to have good people, good process and procedures, because without that, then that's how you have corruption. So I'll conclude this section of the April 5th Talks with Shirley. Uh, feel free to check out the last installment where uh, me and my grandma kind of get into LeBron James and some uh, community activism by the players. See y'all next time.